And now we take you to Evangel Church in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. I'm going to ask our staff pastors and their spouses to join us up here if they will. We're going to honor these guys. Uh, you know, we do this every year, the second Sunday in November. We honor our staff pastors because I believe that we have some of the greatest staff pastors in the world. And uh, amen. Scott and Joyce uh, have been in ministry for, for a couple of years, and uh, Scott has been a district youth director, and he's been a, a senior pastor, he's been a youth pastor, and now he's our administrative pastor, just doing a good job. We thank God for these guys, and thank God for Donnie and Nancy. Donnie's been a youth pastor, and a associate pastor, and a senior pastor, and he's our pastor of, of pastoral care, and just does a great job with visitation and we thank God for you guys, and this is Zach and Lacey Barnes have now been with us for a little over five years, or yeah, this yeah. month, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. And uh, Zach has been a, has been a youth pastor, and he came as our youth pastor, and a couple of years ago, he became our next-gen pastor. I'm happy to announce this morning, he's now our next-gen pastor and our associate pastor. We thank God Amen. for the Barnes family. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Craig Hampton is our children's pastor. Craig does a great job with his team back in Kidventure Children's Church. We thank God for Craig. He actually came here as a student and came to Evangel and began playing bass with us up here uh, on the platform. And it's just been a great blessing to us. And uh, Wes and Susan, uh, when, when we needed a new worship pastor, we're so glad that Wes could just step in the gap and make up the hedge, and he's just done a fantastic job for us, and we thank God for the McKenzie family. I'm going to ask our, our deacons, would you come and join me as we just lay hands on these guys and, and pray for them? Just extend your hands in this direction. Lord God, we thank you for these staff pastors, God. I thank you for their lives. I thank you for their commitment. I thank you for their dedication to you. God, I thank you for the day that you called them into ministry. And I thank you for the day that they said yes to the heavenly calling. And Lord God, I know that they could make more money if they wanted to go work for the state or go work in the private sector. But Lord God, I'm glad that they've chosen to follow you with all their heart. And Lord God, and to serve your purposes in their generation, our generation. And Lord God, we bless them, protect them and watch over them. God, I pray that the anointings that are in their life, God, I pray that the anointings would come forth like rivers of living water. God, I pray that they would live their lives stirred up in the Holy Spirit. God, I pray for those sweet anointings, God, to come forth and water, Lord God. I thank you for the blessing they are to this congregation. And we ask you to use them for your glory and thank you for meeting their every need in Jesus' mighty name. And the people of God say amen, amen. and amen. Hallelujah. We thank God for you. At the conclusion of today's service, and I won't forget, at the conclusion of the service, as we've announced, we'll receive a special offering. We do this one time a year that will go to these guys and be a blessing to them. 
If you've got your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 6 or turn in your devices, turn to Matthew the 6th chapter. We're in a series called The Blessed Life, How God Views Our Money. And we're going to talk today about the spirit of mammon, the spirit of mammon. Matthew chapter 6 verse 24 says, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. I walked into a bank one day and I saw a fellow wearing a t-shirt. Maybe you've seen this bumper sticker or you've seen this saying on t-shirts. It said, the one who dies with the most toys wins. And I, I looked at that and I thought, you know, that's the attitude of a lot of people. They just want to go through life and try to accumulate as much stuff as they can. But the problem with it, he says, the, the one who dies with the most toys wins. The problem is that when you're dead, you're dead. And we didn't bring anything into this world and we can't take anything out with us when we die. The Bible says it's appointed in a man once to die and after that, the judgment. And you know, a lot of people loved their stuff. They worshiped materialism more than they wanted to worship God, even back in Jesus' day. That's the reason Jesus said, look again at verse 24. He says, no one can serve two masters. For either he'll hate the one and love the other, or else he'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, for many years, I used to read this, and I would think, well, mammon, I'd look in the, in the margin of my Bible, and it says it, it gave the word riches, and I thought, well, mammon and riches are the same thing. And, you know, in part, they are. However, when you dig a little deeper, and Robert Morris does a great job of digging this out in his book, The Blessed Life, it, it, you find that the word for mammon is actually an Aramaic word. In other words, the Assyrian people used and popularized the word mammon. You say, who are the Assyrian people? Well, thousands of years ago, they were a people group who lived partly in northern Iran and in Iraq and in Southeast Turkey, okay? So they had come into power and they had this word for riches called mammon. But you find that it didn't even start with them. They got it from a, a people group who existed in that part of the world thousands of years earlier called the Babylonians. Now the Babylonians, actually, they had a god of wealth, a god of riches, and the Babylonians would bow down in worship to this god of wealth or this god of riches. Now think about it. What do a lot of people in America do today? We bow down and our culture worships money and power and sexuality those are the three big ones. But Jesus says here, you cannot serve two masters. For either you'll hate the one and love the other, or else you'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Well, you remember the Babylonians who in Genesis chapter 11, they says, we're going to build a tower. We're going to build a tower that's going to go all the way up in the heavens where you can't even see the top of it. And we're going to make a, a name for ourselves because they had a godless society and they thought that they had what it took 
to be successful. Dear ones, I just want to suggest to you that mammon is a demon spirit that wants to reign in our hearts and in our lives. There's a demon spirit. You see, money is neither good nor bad. Money is amoral, but it's what you do with it that makes it good or bad. And there's a demonic spirit that wants to reign in the hearts and the lives and the minds of men and women. See, this, this demon spirit even tries to influence Christians. Revelation chapter 3. Remember the church at Laodicea. And in fact, when you read these letters in Revelation chapter 2 and 3, they were written to local churches that existed right there in, in first century Turkey. But the representative of local congregations around the world. And here's the church at Laodicea, verse uh, chapter 3, verse 17 says, Because you say, I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Now look at that. These are Christian believers who say, I am rich, I have become wealthy, and I have need of nothing. A lot of years ago, I was preaching one Sunday morning up in the Chicago area, up in our congregation there on the North Shore. And I preached that morning on Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, where the Apostle Paul gives us that great promise, and my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. At the close of the service, a man waited until most everybody else was gone, and he came up to me. He says, hey, Pastor, I just want you to know, I don't need Philippians 4.19. And I looked at him, I said, what do you mean by that? He says, I don't need God to supply my need. I'm a multimillionaire, you see. I own this company, I own that company, and I've got great cash flow, and I just, I just don't need that. Now, you know, I thought to myself, how arrogant can you get and still breathe? See, but that was the spirit of the Laodiceans. Because you say, I am rich. I become wealthy. I don't have need of, I have need of nothing. I do not know, and, and do not know. See, you don't really know your spiritual state. The spirit of mammon will blind people to their true spiritual fate. You do not know that you're wretched, you're miserable, you're poor, you're blind, you're naked. He says, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire. What is that? I want you to know Jesus is gold refined in the fire. The Holy Ghost and the anointing is gold refined in the fire. Jesus is the pearl of great price. He says, you need gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments. The only way you'll have a white garment, dear ones, is to be covered by the righteousness of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You need white garments. Not only that, he says, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. You see, Laodicea was a city that was known for producing an eye salve that produced healing for people that were suffering in the first century with eye problems. He says, you need the eye salve of the Holy Ghost. You need the eye salve of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. <laughs> that man told me, he says, I I don't need Philippians 4.19. 
And immediately I thought of 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. We're going to look at it. Paul says to Timothy, he says, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, not to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. Everybody say uncertain. But to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Don't, don't put your hope in wealth which is so uncertain. He says that because what's valuable today may not be valuable tomorrow. Man, I, I, one of the first times I went to South America, I was down in Lima, Peru. And I'd gone and preached at this little church. And I was amazed after church. They brought, I wasn't expecting an offering. But they brought me this offering. And there was bills stacked this high. They said, here is your offering. And I looked at that and I thought, I'm rich. What I didn't know is that inflation had done a number on the Sola, which is their currency. And I took that big stack of bills and <laughs> I took them to the pastor's. He didn't have an office, but he had a little corner with a table. And we sat down there and I said, count this and tell me how much it's worth. I'm going to give it back to you. Well, lo and behold, that stack of bills was worth about $8 U.S. That's what inflation will do for you, dear ones. That's the reason something may have a lot of value one day. Does anybody still have some Confederacy currency? You know, what may be of value today won't necessarily be of value tomorrow. I know a man who lives in another state. And this man was a builder. And he wanted to get into the road paving business. And so he bought some basic equipment. And that was, that was a very, very expensive investment for him. Lots and lots of money to, to buy that just basic equipment. But he got into the business of, 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 of being able to, to repave roads. And so he started bidding on contracts with the state. And he got a couple of contracts. And, and, he, and he got enough contracts. And he was doing this work that he needed to invest in more machinery. He needed to invest in, in, in things that were bigger and better trucks. And, and, and it was, again, it was an investment of several million dollars. But he makes, he borrows all this money because he says, hey, this work's coming in and he gets another job and another job and he keeps bidding with the Department of Transportation of that particular state and then all the work just dried up. He said he knew he was the lowest bidder, but he couldn't seem to get a bid. And that's when he realized that there were about four or five major pavers who were the big boys in the business. And they basically let him in to the point that he got deeply in debt. And then they worked it out and it was crooked, but they worked it out and they froze him out. And the man lost everything that he had. Now, just think about it. One minute, he's worth Millions and millions of dollars in the next minute. Man, he is in the hole. He's, he's down in the cellar looking up just to see bottom. That's because money today, the things that you and I value so much, they may or may not hold their value. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant or to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. In fact, I've often, I've often meditated back in Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter, beginning at verse 11. Deuteronomy chapter 8, this is what God says to the children of Israel. He says, I want you to be aware of this as you take the promised land, as you have success, as you prosper. Be aware of this. Look at verse 11, Deuteronomy 8. 
Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes, which I command you today. Verse 12, lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply, and your silver and your gold are multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied. Do you get it? They're in a good place. They're building beautiful houses. Their silver and their gold are multiplying. They are blessed. Verse 17, then you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Don't say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand has gained me this wealth. I've had people say, but you don't understand, Terrell, I've worked hard. I'm the one that slaves 16-hour days. I'm the one that's taking big risks. I'm the one that's responsible for my success. And I always want to say, well, who in the world do you think put oxygen in your lungs? Who in the world gave you a brain that works so you can think? Who in the world gives you the ability to walk upright? Who in the world allows you to function? It's God. And God is one who gives us the ability, the capacity to make wealth and to get wealth. Hallelujah. Look again at Matthew 6, verse 24 with me. No one can serve two masters, for either he'll hate the one and love the other, or else he'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Dear ones, the spirit of mammon wants to take the place of God. The spirit of mammon will promise you that it will insulate you from life's problems. But dear ones, money can't buy a happy home. Money can't buy a child that's doing well. Money can't buy peace of mind and peace of heart. Money can't buy forgiveness of sins. In fact, you know, the book of Revelation tells us that things are going to get so bad in these last days, and I think we're in the last of the last days. Things are going to get so bad economically that it's going to pave the way for the man of sin to be revealed. The man of sin has another name. He's called the Antichrist. And the Antichrist is going to have some answers when nobody else in the world has answers. But the Antichrist is going to say, I'm going to affect your economic well-being. You're not going to be able to buy or sell anything unless you've got a mark on your forehead or on your right hand. You say, well, how in the world could that happen? Everybody look at me. Open your ears and your hearts. Did you know that we're living in a day and a time that there's never been this much debt owed by the nations of the world as is happening right here in November 2019. Listen to this. Here's, here, I, ju I just got this yesterday off the internet. This is debt compared to gross domestic product by country. Here we go. Japan has a national debt of over $9 trillion Dollars. They're the biggest debtor nation in the world. The second debtor nation is Greece. What is Greece? Greece is a, it's a compilation of islands, isn't it? 
They've got a national debt of $379 billion U.S. Portugal has a national debt of $264 billion U.S. Italy, which is not that large of a country, has got a national debt of $248 trillion U.S. Bhutan. How many of you know where Bhutan is? It's in Southeast Asia. It's in the Himalaya Mountains. It's between China and India. Bhutan, listen to this. They've got a national debt of $2.33 billion U.S. dollars. Cyprus. Cyprus is a little island nation. Cyprus has got a national debt of $21.64 billion. Belgium, a European nation, has got a national debt of $456.18 billion. Again, this is compared to gross domestic product. Number eight on that list is the United States with a national debt of $19.23 trillion. Followed by Spain with a national debt of $11 trillion. $338 billion, followed by Singapore with a national debt of $254 billion. Dear ones, we're seeing riots take place around the globe. People are protesting. They're wanting the government to supply their needs. They're wanting the government to make life better for them. And, and you know, and the, the sad truth is that often you'll find small groups of people that are in power and they're stealing they're just not honest but dear ones the bible says in revelation chapter 13 verse 16 listen to this this is talking about the antichrist it says he causes all both small and great rich and poor free and slave to receive a mark on their right hand and on their foreheads and that no one may buy or sell or accept one except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name everybody look at me the Antichrist will only reign for a brief time, for only three and a half years. But dear ones, this is the reason Jesus says you can't serve God and serve mammon at the same time. Oh, you can serve mammon if you want to, but you can't serve God. You can serve God if you want to, but you can't also serve mammon. Dear ones, Sapphira and Ananias, they tried to serve mammon. And what happened to them? They both died. There's a fellow in the Old Testament. He was a servant to Elisha. His name was Gehazi. Gehazi tried to worship money and God. He tried to worship mammon and God. And you remember what happened to him? He ended up with leprosy. There's a man in the book of Joshua named Achan. Achan took some silver and some gold and some Babylonian garments that didn't belong to him. And the Bible says because Achan tried to serve mammon and God, Achan lost his life. Dear ones, it just doesn't work to try to serve God and mammon because the spirit of mammon is the opposite of the spirit of God. Because mammon says to take, but God says to give. Mammon says be selfish, but God says be generous. And mammon is always talking to us. Sometimes it's talking to us through television commercials. If you had the gold credit card, if you had the platinum credit card, that when you pull it out, people will know that you are somebody. Yes, you're somebody that's in debt. (laughs) 
Well, if you lived in this neighborhood, if you lived in this kind of house, if you drove this kind of car, people, would, again, they would know that you're somebody. Yeah, you're somebody that's probably in debt. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching so good. <laughs> Ladies, you can go shopping. You can go look at a new dress. And maybe this dress is a little seductive and that spirit of mammon will say to you, if you wear that, while well, men will really be attracted to you. Yeah, let me tell you what kind of men will be attracted to you. Men that are full of lust. Men that want to use you and abuse you and leave you. Men that are, are going to be more interested in finding out what's underneath your dress than they are exploring your mind, your will, and your emotions, your desires, your hopes, your visions, your dreams. Men that will use you like a sex object and then leave you. Dear ones, we don't need to give place to that spirit of mammon. See, I, I think the spirit of mammon sometimes even tries to come to church. He gets religious. Well, if you had more money, think about this. If you had more money, then think about how many people you could bless. Boy, if you just had more money, think what you could do with this, that, or the other. Dear ones, I want to remind you, Jesus never said the answer to life's problems is more money. Jesus said, I want you to seek first the kingdom and my righteousness, and then everything else will be added unto you. You know, Jesus said, he that is faithful in little is going to be faithful also in that which is much. He that is unfaithful in little is going to be unfaithful in that which is much. What does that mean? That means that if you're making $1,000 a month, and yet you can't see your way clear to worship God with 10%, which is the tithe, which would be $100. When you win the lottery and you win a million dollars, you probably are not going to give God 10%, which would be $100,000 of that. Luke chapter 16, verse 9, Jesus again talks about mammon. He says, and I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into ever, to an everlasting home. Now read that again with me. In fact, let's read it aloud and loudly. Come on, everybody together. And I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. Man, I used to read that verse and I would say, Lord, I don't understand it. I don't get, what, what are you really saying there? I think that Jesus is saying that you and I can take unrighteous mammon, the unrighteous mammon of this world, and we can use it for that which is eternal. What is the one thing that's eternal? I'm telling you, the one thing on this earth that's eternal is people, because you're made in the image and the likeness of God, and God has given you a spirit, and though this old outward man may perish, yes, this old flesh may decay, you've got a part of you that's going to live for eternity, and when you put your faith and your trust in the shed blood of Christ as a full payment for your sins, then you're going to live in heaven for eternity. If you choose to pay for your own sins, I've had people say to me, well, well Terrell, I, I don't get too concerned about this heaven and hell thing. I, if I go to hell, I'm just going to go there with my buddies and we're going to drink beer for eternity. I'm sorry there's no beer in heaven. I mean in hell. I don't think there's beer in heaven either. <laughs> but there's no beer in hell. There's no light in hell. The Bible says that hell is a place of utter darkness. 
where the worm doesn't die and the fire is not quenched. It's a place of torment. You don't want to go there. You want to trust the shed blood of Christ as a full payment for your sins and say, Jesus, be merciful to me, a sinner. Lord God, I want my name written on your role. I want to live for you. I want to serve your purposes in my generation. Hallelujah. So when Jesus says, I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, when you fail, he's talking about when you die, when your life is over, they may receive you into an everlasting home. See, if I use my unrighteous mammon, if I use my money to bring people to the Lord Jesus Christ, then when I die, those I brought to Christ are going to welcome me into heaven. That's what he's saying. I've been in the pastorate now for a long time. Started in ministry in 1976. I'll let you do the math. I've spent days in fasting and prayer and just crying out to God for souls. God, give us souls. He that wins souls is wise. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized will be saved. He that believeth not will be condemned. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they'll cast out devils. They'll speak in new tongues. They'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I've cried out, God, give us souls. God, give me souls. And I tell you, I have stood before congregations and I've given salvation altar calls many many times I've given salvation altar calls and nobody responded nobody at all but I just made up my mind I'm not going to let that bother me because the Bible says he that wins souls is wise dear ones I just believe that when my time on this earth is over when I make my way up to glory There's going to be a committee that meets me. And it's people that I've had the privilege of praying with to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. It's going to be people in whose lives, maybe I didn't personally bring them to Christ, but maybe I supported a missionary. Maybe I I supported a ministry. I just want to suggest to you that when you get to heaven, that when your days are over, Sister Hurst, it was just weeks ago that Brother Hurst went home to heaven. I believe he may still be in his welcome line. He may still be being greeted by those because you brought hundreds, if not thousands of people into your home that they might learn about Christ. Hallelujah. Thank God. You invested in that which is eternal. You were making friends with unrighteous mammon. That when life fails here, they may receive you. That's what he's saying here, guys. You know what that means? That means every time that you give a nickel to this ministry, every time you give a dollar to evangel, that's going on your credit. Everybody that's ever come to the Lord through this church and through its outreaches and through this ministry, those people are going to be part of your greeting line. They're going to be meeting you one day when you get to glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Jesus doesn't say money's going to welcome you when you get to heaven. He says people, friends are going to welcome you into heaven. Hallelujah. You know, as a church, we encourage everybody 
to worship God with our tithes and our offerings over and above the tithe, at least 10%. But you know what's good for the goose is good for the gander. So we as a church, we take 10% of everything that comes into our general fund and we give it. It doesn't matter if things are tight. It doesn't matter if we're wondering how, how we're gonna handle this situation or handle that situation. And believe me, it does happen because when you get a facility with about 43,000 square feet like we've got, there's always an air conditioner that's going out. There's always a problem. There's always a, a leaky roof. There's always something that needs to be attended to. But dear ones, we just faith, we just go ahead and, and we've told the bookkeeper, you just go ahead and send 10% of whatever comes into the general fund, you send that to missions. You know, and it's our great privilege. You saw the video about Convoy of Hope on the 24th of this month. We're going to receive a special offering for one day to feed the world because Convoy of Hope is feeding. It's the Benevolence Compassion Ministry of the Assemblies of God. They are feeding 200,000 children a day in 14 different countries. 200,000 meals a day times 352, 65 days out of the year. That's 73 million meals a year that Convoy of Hope is feeding to the needy. But they don't just give them the food. They're also preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they're teaching the moms and dads of these children job skills that are, that are, that are, that are pr productive in the culture that they're living in and they're making a difference. I'm telling you, I just think heaven is gonna be populated and hell's gonna be plundered because of the ministry of Convoy of Hope. And when you give to Convoy of Hope, I'm telling you, there are gonna be millions of people that are gonna be in your receiving line when it's time for you to get to heaven. We sponsor Teen Challenge. In fact, we help birth Tallahassee Teen Challenge out of this congregation back in 2005 and 2006. Brother Ricky Register got a number of you involved in that endeavor. Today, Teen Challenge owns their property on Appalachian Parkway, and they've got 38 beds for, for those who have been victimized or victimized themselves, perhaps, by the wrong choices they made with drugs and alcohol. But I'm telling you, people are getting set free. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I think about the Good Samaritan Network here in town. I think about the Chelsea House, the home for, for homeless and battered women that's operated right here in Tallahassee. We've had some of those women who've attended Evangel over the years, and some of them are now in heaven. I just believe because we bless them and because we, we give to them that we're gonna see, they're going to be in your receiving line when you get to heaven. Man, I, I think about Bruce and Becky McDonald. Bruce isn't here this morning. He had spine surgery. And we need to pray for Bruce because, because it's been very painful and very difficult. But I think about Bruce and Becky. I think about them having a weekly television program that's aired across North Africa. And Bruce buys television time, not on satellite television. A lot of ministries in the U.S. will, 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 will say, well, we're covering the globe with the gospel. Well, who they, they cover those that have satellite receivers, okay? Like the Dish Network or like, you, you've got to have a, a, a satellite earth station to receive their signal. So Bruce and Becky buy time on broadcast channels across North Africa, across Muslim North Africa, and they're 
preaching the gospel day and night. There are some people who will pick it up on one channel and then they'll go to the next channel the next day and the, the third channel the third day and the fourth channel the fourth day because they're so hungry for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Dear ones, I just think that when you and I get to heaven, we're going to be met by a lot of people who may, they may say, I was born a Muslim, but you know what? I came to Christ through the ministry of regions beyond. I think about Ronald Gray, who's taken the, the gospel around the world. I called Ronald two weeks ago. I had a question. I thought he was home over in the Mobile area. He was in Cambodia. And I heard this voice say, hello? My word. Thank God for Brother Ron Gray. You know, he just took our missions team to Cuba last June. Thank God for all the people all the people that he's responsible for bringing into the kingdom. I think about Sandy and Chebdet Ostimer who are reaching out to Muslim people now in Texas. They used to be in Turkey, but now they're in Texas. Thank God for their ministry. Thank God for Bethany Moore who serves in Istanbul, Turkey. Thank God that she's populating heaven, but she shares the gospel. Thank God for Rich and Teresa Philman. There's Rich, Rich has waved everybody. Some of you may have seen, there he is. They've got a ministry in the Ukraine called His Kids Too. How many of you saw Teresa on CNN last Sunday night? On the, she did a really, really good time, good job. In fact, I saw that Anderson Cooper even quoted her saying that the Ukrainian-Russia uh, war is like David versus Goliath. Well, they've got a ministry, and if you, if you saw the CNN production, then you, it, it showed their ministry to orphans and it showed their ministry to, to hurting people. What are they doing? They're populating heaven and plundering hell. Dear ones, one day when this life is over and our life is short, oh, we get so twisted out of shape because of little things that happen on this earth. But dear ones, our lives are short compared to all eternity. And one day when you and I make our entrance into heaven's gates, one day you're going to be greeted by people from Africa and people from Asia and people from South America and people from North America and people from Central America and people from Europe and people from the island nations of the world and all around the world. You're going to be greeted and they're going to say, thank you for making it possible for a missionary to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with me. Thank you for giving to Evangel Assembly of God. Thank you for letting God turn unrighteous mammon into heavenly treasure. Can you say hallelujah? Now, dear ones, there's a spiritual warfare. The old devil, especially when you talk about this subject of money, the old devil, he tries to twist and turn. And some of you may be thinking, if I just had more money, Pastor, I could, I could participate in this. Dear ones, don't wait. If you wait until you have more money, then you'll never have more money. The only place the Bible tells us to try God is in this area of giving and receiving. He says, try me and see if I'll not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. There's not room enough to receive. But there is a, a spiritual warfare. Let me close with, with just one thought. In fact, Norm, come on back to the keyboard, if you will. One thought. In fact, we've got the scripture, I believe. Don't we have 3 John chapter 1, verse 2? There we go. John writes, this is just one chapter in 3 John. But in verse 2, he says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Everybody say all things. All things. If you do a word study, you'll find out that all things means all things. He says, I want you to prosper 
in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. I've had friends argue with me. They said, Terrell, you can't make too much of 3 John chapter 1 verse 2. It's simply a first century salutation. It's just Paul's way of saying, hey, how are you? I trust you're doing good. But that's not what it says. It doesn't say, hey, how are you? I hope you're doing good. Paul says, I pray that you may prosper. That word prosper is you do, E-U-O-D-O-O. And it means to have success on your journey. It means to start out at point A and get to point B. It means to have some goals in your life. It means to have some objectives. That's what it means. If your objective is to leave church today and drive home and you get there safely, then you prospered in that journey. That's exactly what it means. Now, here's the deal. Some people have got bigger goals than other people. Some people dare to believe God for great big things, and some people just don't believe God for too much. They just barely want to get by. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Say, just as your soul prospers. Now, this is really important. This is, this is worth the price of admission this morning. Just as your soul prospers. Prosperity does not start with what you have. Prosperity does not start with what you have. Prosperity begins with what's going on inside you. I want to ask you, is your soul prospering this morning? Is your soul prospering? Can you say it is well with my soul? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Is it well with your soul? If you died tonight, do you have the assurance in your heart that you'd wake up in heaven? The Bible says the Holy Spirit will bear witness in your heart and my heart that we're really born again, that we're really the children of God. Is the Holy Spirit bearing witness in your heart that you're really a child of God? The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. The Bible says, but God demonstrates his love towards us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus didn't wait for you to get your act together before he died and rose again. Before he took your place on the cross. Before he rose back to the right hand of the Father. And of course, he's coming again. He loves you today. Do you have the assurance that if you died tonight that you'd wake up in heaven? I want you to know that you can know that you know that you know that your name's written in glory. Hallelujah. You say, Terrell, I, I used to walk with the Lord, but some things happened. Uh, I used to have sweet fellowship with the Lord, but, you know, I, I just went through some tough times. Jesus said in this world, you're going to have tribulation, but he said, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. He says, I have overcome the world. Today's a great day to get back in fellowship with God the Father through Christ the Son. All over this room, if that's you, just with every head bowed, every eye closed, you say, Terrell, today I want Jesus Christ to be my King and my Lord. I want Jesus to be my King and my Lord. I, I don't want to miss making heaven my home. Come on, all over this room. Just put your hand up and leave it up until I see it. Terrell, I need Jesus. I want the Lord in my life. Anybody at all? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just open your eyes and look at me. I think that means that everybody here knows Jesus today. That tells me that we need to do a better job of inviting our unsafe friends to church. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and His church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 1030 and Wednesday evenings at 7. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee. We have fantastic programs for kids and youth and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.